Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Church Podcast. Stay tuned for today's sermon. Enjoy, and God bless. Like I said last last week, that transformation requires a process, and some of us have have already started this process uh, through our devotion to the Lord and creating new disciplines, and that is a difficult thing, especially when you have been going in one motion and now the Lord has got you going in the opposite direction, you know. Um, and so, let's get started. a new series this morning. We started it last week and it's called Fearless Faith. And the series is called Fearless Faith. And it's inspired by the book Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. And in that book, uh, the main character or the one he's, uh, the person he's talking about the most, um, his name is Benaiah. And Benaiah did some wonderful, mighty, fearless acts in the Bible. And one of the things that the book focuses, focuses on, one of the acts that he did in the book that's very, you know, fearless is he chased a lion into a hole or a ditch and killed it. Like that's chase a lion, you know. So I'm like, why is he chasing a lion? And, and the lion is running from him. Amen. And so the line represents what we would normally be fearful of, all right? So I can't help but think what represents a lion in my life and why am I not chasing it, all right? Why am I not chasing it out of my life and killing it? And leave no room for it to return. Amen? And this is the point of this series. Let's pray. Father, we yield to you. We come to you, Lord. <laughs> your Lord, your master. I look to you, Lord. Have your way, Lord God, in this message. Jesus, your Lord, your master, Lord. And we yield to you. I pray you expose the enemy in our lives. Lord God, I pray you reveal, open up our understanding, Lord. We'll never make it without you. We'll never be able to overcome fear without you. We'll never be able to do it, Lord. So we rely, depend, trust in you, Lord God. Give us the words that we need to move forward in our Christian walk and be effective as Christians in Jesus' name. And I want to rebuke the spirit of doubt and unbelief, Lord God. I thank you for revealing to me where my doubt is, where my fears are. 
Uh, Lord God, what I've been trusting in is not you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. All right, today, uh, today's uh, message is entitled Undivided Attention. And I want to go ahead and give you the scriptures up front so you, you won't have. And have y'all passed out no paper, note-taking paper? All right. How many of y'all need some uh, note-taking paper? All right, we got one, two, three with pens. And we want to give room for you to take notes. Amen. Some of y'all already got that down. It's a habit. We want to build, we want to make that a part of our culture here at, the, at Restoration Five Points. It's something that you can go by, back by during your devotional time and um, revisit what the Lord spoke to you on Sunday morning. All right? We want to write down Matthew chapter 14, verse 25 through 32. John chapter 16, verse 33. John chapter 16, verse 33. And uh, 1 Timothy, I mean, 2 Timothy, Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Um. Matthew chapter 14, verse 25 through 32. John 16, verse 33. 1 Timothy. <laughs> I love you. 16, verse 33. Y'all set? Matthew 14, chapter, Matthew chapter 14, verse 25 through 32. We'll do this differently next time. All right, let's get started in our message. Huh? 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy, 1, verse 7, yes. I'm about to go through them, y'all, you know? <laughs> Amen. But I just want to go ahead so you can be able to pay attention. I have people say, man, you're talking too fast. I didn't get to say, I'm writing down the scripture. You're saying a point. Listen, don't write them down. Let's go and get it over with because it, it's about to come, you know? Um, I'm just grateful to be able to be teaching and be able to hand truths out like this from the scriptures. Um, I'm so grateful, man, as I was going through this, the Lord just revealing so much. Um, last week was good. Who I was here last week? Amen. It was very, very good. And we're going to kind of do a slight review this morning. Um, it was so good. Today's uh, message entitled Undivided Attention. But last week we talked about it was titled Fear. And it was an acronym. Um, fear. False evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. All right. And one of the things we discussed last week is uh, the spirit of fear wants to go unnoticed in your life. The spirit of fear do not want you to detect them, all right? And one of the things, we talked about word phrases, that the spirit of fear will come to you and uh, petition to you probabilities to get you to focus on what could happen, all right? This is fear. What could happen? What might 
happen. Fear wants to act like the Holy Spirit in your life. Excuse me. Fear wants to act like the Holy Spirit in your life. He wants to be a pro- he wants to be the false prophet in your life, projecting probabilities that might not ever happen. All right. And will not ever happen. All right. And it only happens when we put our trust and faith in the word that was spoken. This is so good. Fear also come with what if. All right. So when you want to step out on God's word, when when Jesus say come, fear say what if. All right. What if you fail? What if they don't receive it? What if what if that's fear? These are indicators that fear is speaking to you because that's not the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is direct solutions, problems. I mean, solutions, answers. All right. Direct. Go do this. You will. You are rich. You are prosperous. You are healed. All right. Direct solutions. Not what if, not what might. Those are, because those what if and what might, it indicates that it don't know the future. All right? It gives you a doubt about the future, and we know God sits in the future, and we know that God knows everything. Right? So he don't, he don't speak in what if in that, in that sense when he's, trying to, when, he's, when he's trying to communicate to you something. All right? Fear. Wants to rule your life. He want to act like the Holy Spirit. A couple definitions we went over last week. Let's go over real quick. Believing something bad is going to happen. That's fear. When it's always rehearsing in your head, something bad going to happen. That's fear. All right? That's not God. Putting your faith in something other than truth. Putting your faith in something other than what Jesus said. It's a definition of fear. And these are revelatory definitions. That means it might not be in the dictionary. <laughs> Amen. So, and also the third definition is believing God don't love you. Believing God don't love you. Fear is a monster, man. And it, and it desires your attention. It desires your undivided attention. There is a fight for your attention. Your fears must be overcame. In order for you to experience all that God has for you, he will make you face your fears. Fear will always paint a picture that that isn't going to come to pass in your life until you believe it. And I'm here to testify to you that fear, the picture it paints, is never going to come to pass. And it's never how it really is. If you're one that walked by faith, you find these things out. Because Jesus forced you into areas that you would probably be fearful, or I already know, you are fearful. Because he make you face your fears. If you don't want to go talk to this person, they got a, they got a mohawk, and, and you know, he got uh, tattoos all over him, and big old things hanging out his ear. And I said, I said, and you were listening to God, you know, Lord, I do what you say. We in these worship services, and the, the praise music is wonderful. He says, no place I'd rather be here in your love. And then in those times, you make a commitment with the Lord because he's so good. And you say, Lord, I just do it. I'll do what you say. And then you're in the grocery store, and then boom, he say, go say hello to them. <laughs> and fear rises up and says, what if? All right. And he makes you face them. Now, 
if you've been, if you trust the Lord and learn to walk by faith instead of by your feelings and emotions, you find out that when you walk over into that realm of trusting him and you go face that and go say, hello, sir, God bless you. Jesus is absolutely in love with you. Thank you. I needed that. That that scenario is nothing like what fear painted you. Amen. And you don't find that out until you walk by faith, until you go and do what Jesus tells you to do. You don't find out that fear has been lying to you and trying to project these false possibilities to you to get you to do what? To, to do nothing, to obey, to go do the opposite of what Jesus said. That's why that's a definition. Believe in something other than what Jesus said. Amen? Or believe in something bad going to happen because he looks rough. He looks tough. Or the situation looks like you're going to fail. All right? It looks like you ain't going to make it. That's fear. When fear isn't dealt with, whatever possibilities fear brings, the heart will begin to accept the message. This is so important, saints. Accept the message as uh, the heart accepts the message that fear brings, the mouth speaks it. This process might happen over a period of time, all right? So fear works on us for years, and he wants to go, fear wants to go unnoticed in your life, all right? Now, this is so important. I must, I must, you must understand these principles of faith. What I'm about to go into right now is a principle of faith. It's a principle of faith. And this is so powerful. What fear wants to do, he projects uh, images on the imagination or the screen of your mind. Why? To get you to believe in something, trust in something other than what Jesus says. And once you believe it, then you speak it. Then you speak it, you know. And so why is that process? You must understand that process. Because once you speak something, we have what we call, uh, the Bible talk about how the angels of the Lord hearken to the voice of thy word. This is a very fundamental faith teaching, all right? So the angels, the Bible says the angels hearken to the voice of God's word. That's why you want to put God's word on your mouth, because spiritually, their job, their ministering spirits to bring to pass God's word, all right? And they only respond to God's word. So you speak life, you speak life, you speak word, you speak life. And these things, the angels go and, and accomplish and do what God's bidding is. All right, so that's why you want to put God's word on your mouth, because they only respond to life. And these are angels of life. But sometimes we don't realize that there are angels of darkness. <clears throat> and where these angels come from, they came from heaven. And they are still hearkening. This is so good. You must understand this. But they only hearken to fear-filled words. All right, this is so important that you grab, that you not, that you grab this principle, all right? Because what fear wants you to do is believe, speak it, and this, and put it in the atmosphere, all right? This is so important. And the angels hearken to the voice of fear. See, the power, angels, and the fallen angels don't have any power. They've been stripped of their power. So they need to take advantage of us. They need to take advantage of the power that's in our tongue. Because life and death 
are in the power of the tongue, right? So they take that power and go do the bidding of their master Satan, all right? This is so important that we grab that. I must slow down and that you understand that. What you fear will come upon you. Go ask Job. Job said, what I have feared has come upon me. Fear needs your faith. Fear wants you to trust in, rely on these probabilities of what might happen. All right? Say, teach me, Jesus. Because a lot of times we see, we'll go, and it's a bad confession to say, I am Job. Don't confess you, Job. You don't want to go through what Job went through. Job, listen, it's so important. Job isn't your example. Got to say that again. Job isn't your example. Jesus is. Jesus never told us to follow Job. I learned from Job. I love Job. I go look and I read and I, I learn from a lot of things that's in the book. But he told me to follow him. Amen? So do not be confessing things that Job went through for yourself. Amen? Because you don't want to go through. I, I do not want to go through what Job went through. Amen? I'd rather go through what Jesus went through. Right? <laughs> Praise God. This is so important, saints, because whatever you believe is going to come to you. Job said, what have I feared? What, what have I feared has come upon me? That means Job was already thinking about these catastrophes happening in his life, and the devil had access to him. All right? It's so important that we grab these concepts. And this is what I'm trying to change. Amen? This is the agenda of the Holy Spirit to reveal to you uh, to reveal to you and to us what place we have given the enemy in our lives. Jesus wants to expose him so you can repent and trust God at his word. If you have been struggling in any particular area for a long or short time, wouldn't you want to know how to fix it? Wouldn't you want to know so you can do something about it, right? As if I've been struggling for a long time, and, um, and I've been, you know, it's been, it's been there for a while. Wouldn't we still want to fix it, though? Like, if you could, could you, wouldn't you want to fix it? I would. Amen? When something has your attention, it requires your focus. Write this down. Whatever has your focus determines where you will end up. This is a very important statement. Whatever has your focus will determine where you end up. Now let's look at the account of Jesus walking on the water and grab some faith principles out of it to overcome fear. Y'all ready? Point number one. Well, let me, hold on, let me slow down. Y'all still writing. Whatever has your focus determines where you will end up. This is so important. 
point number one. Look into Jesus, Matthew chapter 14, verse 25 through 32. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out, Ah, for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. Ain't that a strange phrase of words in the middle of you being petrified? All right. It is I, do not be afraid. What is the most frequently used command in the Bible? Is it do not lie? Is it do not steal? Is it love your enemies? Is it do not murder? Do unto others? Is that the most frequently used command in the Bible? All right. That's right. You got it. Write it down. Do not be afraid. Fear not. And do not fear the most frequently used term or command in the Bible. Why is this the most frequently used command in the Bible? Have you ever just asked yourself? Many times it was angels. When angels had an encounter with a human, normally that human would bow down and be scared. All right? Or when they was going into battle and God was giving them command, he would say, fear not. Do not be afraid. I am with you. All right? But why is that frequently spoken? Because fear comes to all of us. It's the one that's nagging you the most. All right? It's the one that harasses you the most out of every other spirit that you're going to encounter. The spirit of fear is there. And also, because under the situation... It wasn't normal to fear. So whenever Jesus would say, fear not, whenever he would say, Don't, do not fear, he was bringing an understanding also that this is not a normal time for you to be scared. Even though in the natural, from my humanly, fleshly point of view, it's a scary situation. But in the kingdom, this is not a scary situation. This is not a fearful situation. This is why he gives the command, fear not. You don't need to be, you don't need to be fearful. This is not normal. Under, this, under the present circumstances, it's not normal in the kingdom perspective, all right? Of course, in the natural, obviously it is. But how can we fear not under the present circumstances? Jesus says here to the disciples, he said, fear not. He said, be of good cheer. How can that be? Well, we have to come to a place that if Jesus said it, you can do it. All right? There is no question in Jesus. It's all because Jesus said it. If Jesus said it, he's given you the ability in his word to accomplish whatever he said. So if he says, be of good cheer and don't fear, you have that ability in a very frightful situation. And that don't make sense to the brain. And now we're embarking on the life of faith. 
John 16, verse 33 says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. I have tremendous, tremendously good news for you. Tremendously good news. In the Amplified, it says, and, and B, the second part of the 16, verse 33, it says, be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I've overcome the world. I've deprived the power to harm you, and I've conquered it for you. Right there at the end. Why does Jesus say, be of good cheer in the middle of, the, in the middle of a storm? Or what would you consider, and what you would consider a fearful situation? Listen to this. Because the very thing that you are fearing, Jesus is walking on. This is good news only for a disciple of Jesus Christ, all right? This is good news for us as disciples of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is now teaching them by observation. Listen to this. This is so important. Jesus is like, look, guys, I am walking on the very thing that you're scared of. And just imagine him on that water and the waves coming. He's like, Look, guys, I'm walking on the, I'm, very, I'm standing the waves rolling. He's standing on the wave. You know what I'm saying? And he said, look, don't be scared. And he actually commands them to be of good cheer. Can you believe that? All right. It doesn't make sense, do it? What if he's asking you to be of good cheer? And you're totally petrified. This is the, this is the answer. This is, this is the point. He's saying, look, I'm walking on the very thing that you're scared of. Why, does that, why, does that, why is that important? Because now he's teaching, especially a disciple of Jesus Christ, what does that mean? That means it's okay for a disciple to be as his teacher. Let's get this revelation. Ooh, this is so good. It's okay for a disciple to be as his teacher. Why is that good news for me? If I want to be like Jesus, what is he saying? You learn by two ways, or a couple ways you can learn, especially in the household. We teaching our children either by observation and why we, how we do things, how we operate, how we treat our wife. We are indirectly teaching them, right? So that's learning by observation. Jesus is now moving into a teaching by observation. Because as a disciple of Jesus Christ, he says, look, I am walking on the very thing you're scared of, so you can also. You don't have to be scared. You can walk on the very thing that you're fearful about. It don't have to control you. And that's good news only for a disciple. Why is it only good news for a disciple? Because a disciple is wanting to be as his master or as his teacher. If you're not a disciple of Jesus Christ, this don't make sense, people. Amen? So, as I was studying, and look at this. It's so good. Now, what are some things that's bothering you? Now, I seek for you to answer this question. Like right now, give me something. What are some things that's bothering you? What are some things that you're fearful of? Come on. Don't be ashamed. Speak of something. Go ahead, Dave. 
your divorce, Jesus walking on it. He's already overcame it. Give me another one. That's good, Dave. Thank you. By his stripes you are healed. Jesus already walked. He's walking on that. What are some things that you're scared of? Come on, give me some more. Somebody broke in your house. Yes. Amen. That's right. Jesus has already overcome it. In John 16, verse 33, he says, I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and conquered it for you. Come on, give me something else. Cancer? Jesus walking on it. Amen? Uh, low self-esteem? Jesus walking on it. What else? Taxes and student loans? Jesus already overcame debt, too. That's right. Yes. Oh, that's just so good. Now, this is a this is a this is a real good fear right here. I mean, not good fear, but no. this is one that that bothers everybody, right? Uh-huh. Not not living fear that you won't live up to the standard that God has for you. Uh-huh. All right, that you won't be able to do it. All right, and the reality is a, a, that solve. What's the answer that solves this? fearful situation because we got to have a, we got to have something that Jesus says to overcome if he's overcome he said debt student loans money issues all right Jesus became poor that through his poverty we might have abundance by his stripes we are healed now what's the what's this right okay that's good now then what the scriptures that we can use to walk on this fear because you're not going to overcome fear without a word I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Now, we must add through Christ. Because Jesus gives you the strength to only accomplish what he's called you to do. He's not giving you the strength to go be with somebody else's wife. Something else is empowering that, right? Praise God. He's not giving you the strength to go rob a bank, right? All, not all things, but through Christ. We got to add through Christ. We got to add through Christ. Amen? So what am, I, what, is, what, what am I getting you to do? We have to start seeing, first of all, where's the word at? And we're we about to get into it. But what is Jesus? How did Jesus overcome this? We got to understand it as disciples. Why? Because if Jesus walked on it, you can also. All right? And we'll see who the only one responded in this matter. Um, as I study in verse, let's see, in verse uh, 14, Matthew chapter 14, verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come on the water. And I was like, man, what in the world? Why did Peter say that? You know, studying it, just looking at it, and from an a objective point of view, you know, I'm asking myself, what caused Peter to say this to the Lord or ask him? Then I realized Peter was the only one of the 12 that actually caught the indirect lesson Jesus was teaching. That is, it's okay for the student to be as his teacher. It's okay for the student to be as his teacher. Point number two, pay attention to Jesus' words. Matthew 14, verse 29, so he said, come, when Peter had 
come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Write this down. This is very important. You will not overcome fear without giving your undivided attention to Jesus' words. With the motive to obey what was spoken. There's power in God's word. His words hold the ability to accomplish whatever the word intentions was when it was spoken to do. Jesus said, come to Peter. Come, and Peter wasn't the only one who heard it. This is, some, this is what we got to understand. The other 11 heard what Jesus said. The water, the waves heard what Jesus said. The winds heard what Jesus said. And also fear heard what Jesus said. So there, they were also addressed. So Peter responded to the command of Jesus, and he began to walk on the water. Or he began to walk on what was scaring him or what was projecting the possibility that they might die. Peter began to walk on his fear. He began to walk on what was bothering him. When Peter stepped over the boat into the water, this is when Peter became, I believe, just I want to prerequisite that, I believe this is when Peter became the leader. Because after Jesus went back to heaven, everybody looked to who? Peter. They didn't look to John. They looked at Peter. All right? Peter began to see himself with the same abilities as Jesus. This was his start into the realm of being a true disciple of Jesus. So also with you. This is what we have to understand as disciples of Jesus. Unless we take God's word and begin to operate or move forward in them, we are not disciples yet. Disciples pay attention, pay close attention to God's word. And this is what's so important. This word come, man, that word come was something else, man. Um, it's the word that enabled Peter to do what Jesus did. This word come was what actually Jesus, what Peter, what, what, is what Peter was stepping on. It's what Peter was actually walking on. All right? That word come came against all physics, came against all science, amen, came against all of it. It just don't make sense. Why would you want to go out and step on some water? And at the same time, why would the water hold you up? It just don't make sense. All right, this is what we got to understand as, as, as disciples of Jesus Christ. Everything you do ain't going to make sense. And it shouldn't be based on science. If you do something or not, it should be based on God's word. Amen? 
Because it's just not going to make sense for Jesus, for, you to tell, for Jesus to tell you to do something. It don't make sense for Jesus to tell me to give $2,000, you know. And I'm trying to save. You know, that just don't make sense to me. Jesus, don't you see what I'm trying to do? Give it to the ministry. Give it to them. You see what you see what need to be done. It don't make sense, do it? No, it don't. How many of you have, have stepped out on top of your storm, what's fearing you, and started walking on the very thing that had you petrified? When you begin to focus on Jesus and give him your undivided attention, your eye becomes single. And your whole body becomes flooded with light. There's amazing confidence that rises up within you. When you begin to give Jesus your undivided attention. This is so important as disciples of Jesus Christ. Because this is what gives you the ability to start overcoming fear. And we're talking about logical fear. We're talking about fear that you're supposed to be scared in the natural. You're supposed to be scared. And Jesus said, be of good cheer. For I've already overcome student loans. You might have to obey him in some things. But it's still, you must see all your problems as Jesus first have already overcame them. Because now that gives you hope that it can happen in your life as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're not a disciple, then your hope is only what the world can give. Because when you're a disciple, you see yourself as Jesus is. So if Jesus walk on the water as a disciple and he tell me to come, I can walk on the water. That means right now, if Jesus, if Jesus said, come, you could step out if he said, come. Amen. That's the truth. And that's the strength that's in God's word. So is Jesus telling you to step out? Is he calling you to come? And we're not even talking about water. We might be talking about an extra bill. We might be talking about a relationship. Fearing someone might leave you. <laughs> Fearing you might leave. Amen. And we also must, we must be talking about, um, we got to bring this into the scenario. Is the Lord, oh, ministering, oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, my God. Do you believe, and that's, I'm, I'm going to hit something right now. I must give you a, a warning, all right? Listen, I'm, you know, be ready for this, all right? All right. And this is what's so powerful. Je the, all the disciples heard Jesus say, come, and Peter was the only one to step out. My faith might allow me to do something that your faith might not be able to do. What does that mean? You might see me walking and doing stuff, and according to your intellect, wait, you ain't supposed to be. Or according to what your faith allows. All right? 
And I must explain this because sometimes I could, you know, we all love each other. And some things God speaks to our heart, you might not have heard the same word I heard. So I'm able to do things based on what God's told me that you might not be able to do because you, not, you didn't hear the God's word tell you. All right. So what, I said that to say this. All right. My faith might allow me to eat some ribs every now and then. Your faith might not allow you to eat pork. Why? Because what you personally have believed. But my faith don't have to be your faith and your faith don't have to be mine. If you want to eat only vegetables, that's you. Praise God. But don't beat me up because I'm ready to eat some ribs every now and then. <laughs> amen? Can I get an amen? amen? This is the truth. All right, if God allows me to eat ribs every now and then, man, don't be beating me up because your faith ain't there. Right? Can I eat in peace? But this is the truth. What I'm saying is, this is the truth. You must obey God and not, because I'm not placing on you my faith. Now, I am, I am impressing upon you that if you are in fear, let Jesus deal with that. All right? Because I'm not scared that pork going to give me cancer, but you might see. Amen? And be aware of what you focus on, because you will be led there. That's why people stay away from certain things, all right? When God calls something clean, amen? I don't bother that, all right? My faith allows me to eat, the Bible says. Everything, I give God thanks, if, if that's what my faith allows. But if your faith allows you to only eat only vegetables, man, praise God. You know, I'm with you. But we just can't make each other's faith be uh, what I can't put mine on yours and you can't put yours on mine. Because I don't carry the same belief. Maybe my word that I'm operating in is different than the word you operate in. Amen. Just like the word that Peter walked on the water. He was the only one able to do it. Everybody else stayed in the boat. Right? They didn't believe that word come was to them because Peter directly asked Jesus. That was his personal relationship with Jesus, which allowed him to walk on something what that didn't uh, that he that didn't bring faith to the other disciples to walk on. Amen. Because his personal relationship, he said, Jesus, you have me come. He said, come. And Jesus and Peter walked. And everybody else in the boat. And I, I don't beat people up, but I just truly believe, man. I, you know, some things that I believed, you know. And we must be aware also in the last days, Paul said that there'll be, um, it's evidence that we are living in the last days when they're talking about being abstaining, when we, when we start talking about abstaining from meat. That's evidence that we're living in the last days and not giving in marriage. Verse 3, I mean, point 3, calibrate your faith. 
Matthew 14, verse 30. But when he saw, this is the fight. This is the fight right here. But when Peter saw, the wind was bolsterous. He was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Now, I don't mean to beat people. Beat, beat, I'm not beating Peter up because, listen, he walked on some water. Amen. And, and you know, I'm not beating him up because, he, you know, he doubted. <laughs> because what if you was placed in that same situation? That's why I, I don't judge by the outward appearance when people seemingly look like they fail it. Amen. And this is so true. Now, what stimulated Peter to start sinking? This is the fight. The fight is for your attention. Jesus said, come, but Peter started looking. He saw. He took his eyes off Jesus. This is so important, saints. You have to learn how to keep your eyes on Jesus, keep your focus on him if you're going to overcome fear. If you're going to overcome, you have to focus your attention, give him your undivided attention. This, this happens as you set your time aside, set, your, set the plate aside, set, turn the TV off, turn the phone off, and give Jesus your undivided attention. Many people don't even know what that means. They can't sit in the room for 15 minutes and give Jesus their undivided attention. And this is sad in the church. The Lord wants your undivided attention. You know, we can, you know, I, can, I call myself a multitasker, you know, where I can do this and do this and do this and do this and do this. But you really can't effectively give it all your attention. It's just you moving from one thing to another real quick, you know. You're giving this your attention, this your attention, this your attention in 10 seconds, and it looks like, you know, you're getting some stuff done, all right? Or driving and texting and <laughs> driving and, you know, looking at videos. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> I feel I, I am guilty of that at times. I'm so sorry, Lord. So... But multitasking, and, and, and we exalt it like it's really something, but what about Jesus giving, giving Jesus our undivided attention? Instead of what might, could, what if, amen, something, something not going our way, what somebody said, what somebody did, how somebody do something. What so-and-so and them said about me? And sometimes we get into what people think. Amen. How they think they, how we think they thinking about us. And that is fear number one. Because it's based on probabilities, based on what if. But your body and your mind start responding to it as if it's true. We allow that type of thinking in our mind, and it, and it influences our actions to go do something other than what Jesus, Jesus would say, go over there and say hello to them. But fear saying, but what if they, they might have, they, I, I'm, I, all this stuff, amen, 
and we have to learn how to calibrate. When I say calibrate, that means to bring back to what's normal. Sometimes we, as Christians, we need to set a standard first before we can even calibrate because there's nothing to calibrate back to. So what is the standard? Jesus and, his, and giving him your undivided attention. This is the only way that we start overcoming the things that's gripping our mind and that's stimulating our actions is to give Jesus and what he say our undivided attention. Because it's time out to stop giving the devil place in our lives. So as you hear this message saying, Lord, what is it? What is it that's, that's been influencing me to respond? Some people don't come to, you know, fear is the number one thing that keeps people to come to Jesus. You know, if I give my, my life to Jesus, he's going to make me stop doing this, and I got to stop doing that, and I got to stop doing this, and I got to stop doing that. You know, that's fear. And people biting the hook every day. Fear, doubt, and unbelief is driving people. And as Christians, Jesus is getting this stuff out of our life. This is the point of this series. But we must calibrate our focus. We must make Jesus our center of attention. We must continue to look to Jesus despite the wind, despite the waves, despite what's going on around us. Jesus said, come. Jesus said, step out and do. Jesus said, Jesus said as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Colossians 3, verse 2. In the Amplified Bible, it says, Set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things on the earth. All right, let's see. Let's look at that phrase. It says, Set your minds and keep them set. Uh, your mind can also represent what you perceive, what you perceive to be true, the eyes of your understanding. So set your mind and keep them set. What does that sound like? It sounds like a, it sounds like, you have, how many of y'all like watches? If your watch get off five minutes, go ahead. If your watch get off, now we got digital. We got digital these days, so it's hard for a watch to get off. But back in the day, when a watch got off five minutes, do you throw the watch away? No, you just reset it, right? When, when, a, when, a, when a pilot gets into a plane, he, he, taps, he types in the coordinates. That's the end destination, all right? When he gets up in the air, the, they, 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 it's, it's told to me that the plane is 99% off track, off course, all the time. It's always readjusting itself to what? What was set or what the coordinates are, all right? When you're driving down the road, and I'm following you, and you're keeping it between the lines, right? right? What do it take for you to keep it between the lines? Do we just, the steering wheel stay there, and we just hold it in the right, in that position the whole time we're driving straight? We're constantly making adjustments. We're constantly recalibrating back to, so it looks like you drive it straight, right? But in reality, you're just making constant adjustments over and over and over and over again. So what does that look like in real time? It looks like this. It looks like, you know, st 
stuff popping up to grab your attention. And you focused on it, and you say, ah, no, let me get back to Jesus. That extra bill come and say, ah, oh, man, what the, <laughs> this come from? Oh, let me look back to Jesus, throw this on the floor, let me start walking on it. Because uh, <sighs> Jesus, you're my focus, I'm glad. Oh, oh, praise God. And then what does it look like also? Because what is it, it's come to make you fearful. But Jesus said, be a good cheer. What do, what do you mean, be a good cheer, when the extra bill done came, when the doctor done came with a report? What do you mean, be a good cheer? Well, Jesus already overcame that. What does that mean? So now I say, oh, Jesus done whooped you. <laughs> oh, praise God. By his stripes I'm healed. I love you, doc. Praise God. But Jesus already done overcame you on the cross. Amen. By his stripes I am healed. So what did you get happy based on? Not on your situation, but what, what Jesus done did. So, so my, focus, my focus allows me to get happy. What I focus on allows me to be full of joy. What I focus on allowed me to start walking on the very thing that you could look into my life and say, how is he doing that? It's because of my focus. And guess what? I'm drawing. I'm coming. Come on. Focus on Jesus. You can overcome those problems. Come on. Focus on the master. Amen. We can't overcome our problems by ourselves. We have to look at it as if Jesus already overcame it. And that's why I'm getting happy. Otherwise, well, you got two options. You either get happy or get scared. Amen? So why am I getting happy? How, Jasper, how dare you to say to me get happy? Well, Jesus did it to the disciples. And then when, when Peter was sunk, he had the nerve to say, he didn't say, good job, Peter, you made it halfway. He said, why did you doubt? Come on, Jesus, can't you give Peter some credit? Come on, Jesus, you know, what I'm, you know they done told me that. Well, can't you just give me some credit? You know, I'm just trying to help you. Come on. And follow Jesus. All right? Come on, Jesus. Give him a little credit. He did walk. So what is it what Peter failed to do? Recalibrate his focus back on Jesus. Because once he looked at them waves, oh, Lord, Jesus. And then I can imagine if I was on the water and got my eyes off Jesus. And this is the point. What got you out the boat is what's going to keep you keep you walking towards the master. That means that word that, that, got, that, got G, that got Peter out the boat is the word that's going to keep Peter following Jesus. So he said, come. That's my focus. Come. Jesus said, come. What did Peter was supposed to do? And this, and I'm, you know, I'm just, don't, you know, I'm just giving what I think Peter should have did. I'm not judging Peter. He did walk on some water, you know? This is what I think Peter should have did, and this is what I've done to fear. Jesus said, come. I would have to, because that waves were speaking to me something. And a lot of times, life speaks louder than truth. Life got a bullhorn saying, be scared. You're going to die. You got cancer. You're broke. They're going to come cut your lights off. They're going to come cut your lights off. They're going to come get this house from you. You ain't paid your note. Life is speaking louder than truth. You can't do that. That don't make sense to walk on water. That don't make no sense to walk on water because logic get in there. And if it don't make sense, it ain't truth to logic. It don't matter what logic say. What did Jesus say? 
Come. Amen. So what's my focus? Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said, come. Jesus said, come. You can't walk on water. Jesus said, come. You can't, wa- you can't, pay, you can't pay this house off. Jesus said, come. Fear is speaking. But what will you focus on as a disciple of Jesus Christ? What will become what you finally believe? Amen? So I encourage you today, recalibrate, especially as them believers. As disciples of Jesus, there has to be a place in our life where we have given Jesus our focus. We have given Jesus our attention. And how does that look? Lord, I yield to you and I focus on you. I give my attention to you, but you could be clean. And Lord, I yield to you. I focus on you. I give you my attention, but you could be watching this show. I yield to you and I focus on you, Lord God. But you could be doing something in business, but I yield to you and I focus on you, Lord God. I give you my undivided attention. I pay attention to your words. I focus on your teachings. I thank you that by your stripes I am healed. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I thank you, Lord God, that no disease shall exist in my body, Lord God. I thank Thank you, Lord Jesus, that I will not get the flu this season. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I will not be expecting to get sick this year. I will not. In Jesus' name. I don't care what kind of season it is, amen. But I will focus on what Jesus says for my life, despite what happened to me, despite that my shoulder been hurt from hurting for two months, despite what I feel, despite what I think. I give you my focus, Lord Jesus. Ain't nothing spirit can do about that. It can't do nothing about it. And he's going to keep you from getting out of Jesus. That spirit going to try to, it's going to try to talk in the best game it's got to keep you from focusing on Jesus. Keep you from devoting all to Jesus, giving all to Jesus, surrendering all to Jesus. It's going to convince you. Amen. And the scripture says that when Peter saw and in the Amplified Bible, it says, when he saw and felt the wind, immediately he began to doubt. This is also with the same thing what fear would do today. It's the same way today. He will, be, he will try to stimulate you by what you see and what you feel. He will bring us, well, it didn't happen when I did it last time. That's fear. When I tried to believe God last time, I failed. That's fear. And what we do, because these things are coming. Recalibrate, recalibrate, recalibrate. But Jesus said, but Jesus said, because fear coming to all of us, including me, I am not exempt. And I need Jesus to help me overcome. And if anything I said today, in closing, anything I said today, listen, saints, Fear coming to all of us. But what will we, who will we give our attention to? Who will we finally accept as a reality of truth in our life? And that concludes today's sermon. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Church Podcast. We pray that today's sermon has encouraged and empowered your journey in following Jesus. If you would like to learn more about Restoration Church, please visit our website by going to r4sq.org. We pray you have a blessed week. God bless.